The Kings make the most out of one goal in a grinded-out win over the Wild. Jonathan Quick stood tall. Gabe Velarde continues his amazing season, while the Kings are still looking to find some power on their power play. We'll discuss it all next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. Uh, we're at 842 subscribers at last check. Looking good to hit our goal of 900 by the end of November. Thank you so much for your support of the Locked on LA Kings show, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, it is much appreciated. I am Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. The LA Kings played game number 15 on the season Tuesday night at home against the Minnesota Wild. It was also game two of a four-game homestand. The lineup would be the same that we've seen over the past few games. Andre Kopitar, your top-line center, with Gabe Velarde and Adrian Kempe on the wings. You had Philip Deneau as the usual second-line center, Trevor Moore and Victor Arbitson, his wingers. Rasmus Kupari still playing center on the third line with Quentin Byfield uh, being sent down to Ontario on a conditioning assignment. Kevin Fiala and Carl Grunstrom, his wingers, and then the typical fourth line of Blake Lazat at center with Brendan Lemieux and Arthur Kaliev. Your defensive pairings were Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, Sean Dursey and Matt Roy, and Alex Edler and Sean Walker with Jonathan Quick in net. The scratches were Jarrett Anderson-Dolan and Brant Clark, and Alex Iafalo is still on long-term injured reserve. So no need for any changes in the lineup. Uh, as I've said, um, the Kings, I believe, are slowly trending in the right direction, so there's no need to really make any uh, adjustments to the lineup, no illnesses or injuries at this point. As far as that goes, we talked about Quentin Byfield uh, being sent down to Ontario to get his conditioning back up. We know Alex Iafalo is on injured reserve, but as far as the rest of the lineup, pretty much the same as we've seen the last few games. Uh, Brant Clark has still not played in his 10th game after taking that hit from the Stars' Jamie Ben November the 1st, uh, but he did take the pregame skate. Um, we will talk a little bit more about Brant Clark a little bit later on in the show. As for Jonathan Quick, made his 10th start of the season and his third start in a row. This is the first time this season the Kings have faced an opponent for the second time. Uh, LA won a crazy 7-6 game in Minnesota in the third game of this season. Tuesday's game could not have been more different. We had no scoring in the opening period. The Kings had 10 shots on goal to the Wilds, three. LA did go 0 for 2 on the power play in the opening period. Second period, shots were even at 10 apiece. Again, LA 0 for 2 on the power play, including a five-minute major that they could not score on. The bright side to that penalty was that Wild star Kirill Kaprizov was given a match penalty in a game misconduct for a cross-check to the neck-head area of Drew Doughty and ejected from the game. Uh, Brendan Lemieux did take an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty with four seconds to go in that second period. It would spill over into third. The Kings would, would kill it off, uh, and we would be still scoreless uh, deep into the third period. And it certainly felt, if you were watching the game or if you were there, uh, like I was, that uh, the first goal was going to be the goal that was going to decide things. 
Uh, sure enough, with about six minutes to go in the third period, Kings dumped the puck into the Minnesota zone. Wild tried to clear it around the boards. Drew Doughty stepped up along the boards to help hold it in. Uh, Andre Kopitar gets the puck along the boards, and he made a no-look backhanded pass into the center of the ice to Gabe Velarde, who scored on a wrist shot that went through the legs of Minnesota goalie Mark andre Fleury. The Kings and Jonathan Quick made it stand up, skate off with a hard-fought 1-0 victory. Kings outshot the Wild 30-21 to in the game. They were 0-4 on the power play. We'll talk more about that in a bit. They were 1-for-1 on the penalty kill. Jonathan Quick recorded his first shutout of this season in a 21-save performance. It was his 57th career shutout, moving him into a tie with Clint Benedict for 22nd in NHL history in career shutouts. He needs two more to move into the top 20 all-time in NHL history. Gabe Velarde scored his team-leading 10th goal of the season. He has already tied his career high for goals in the season. He had 10 in 54 games in the 2020-21 season. He has 10 in 15 games this season. We're going to talk more about that as well. Uh, also going to get into what the Kings can take away from this performance and this victory. Um, but first, real quick, I want to tell you about AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, super-sourced foods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, recovery, and aging. It contains less than one gram of sugar, and it costs you less than $3 a day to invest in your health. It's cheaper than your morning coffee. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. All you need is one scoop uh, in a cup of water, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to help support your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so what are the takeaways from this one nothing victory over the Minnesota Wild? Well, first and foremost, the Kings got to win. Uh, it, this kind of reminded me of the game in Chicago where the Kings lost on their last game of this most recent road trip, uh, where the Kings were the better team throughout, but failed to get the two points. Uh, this time they found a way, despite some issues with the special teams, uh, for a grinded out victory and, you know, found a way to stick with it, didn't get frustrated and got the job done, which is obviously the most important part. Obviously, you got to give it up to Jonathan Quick, another very solid performance in net as he continues to be, um, the rock that we all know that he is. Now, I know his numbers overall in the season aren't great, uh, but sometimes the numbers don't tell the story. At some point, um, I know we need Cal Peterson to help out uh, with the playing time, but for now, clearly it's Jonathan Quick as the number one goalie in net, uh, and he has answered the call for the most part this season, I think, for the LA Kings. And to be fair, uh, Quickie didn't exactly have to stand on his head to beat the Wild. I think the most positive thing to take away from the game was the all-around defensive effort by the Kings. Uh, Minnesota had very few grade-A scoring chances. Um, credit all around to the Kings for their team defensive effort in this one. Uh, also got to uh, hand it to the Kings because they limited their mistakes in this one. Uh, I There were really no odd man rushes, no breakaway opportunities for the Minnesota Wild. Um, the Kings only took one penalty in this game as well. So it was, I thought it was a very structured, disciplined game 
from the LA Kings. Um, if the offense had kind of stepped up to the task, we would have had maybe one of our better games of the season, but there were some issues offensively. There were some issues special teams why, uh, special teams wise, um, which certainly need to get cleaned up and addressed. But got to talk about Gabe Velarde. Uh, we mentioned it in our discussion with Eric Stevens of The Athletic on Monday's show. Um, and if you haven't watched that episode, I, uh, I highly recommend you check it out. But we talked about the confidence Gabe Velarde is playing with. It is almost like he is a new player out there. He showed a few flashes of his talent here and there uh, before this season. But what he has done so far this season has been amazing. On the only goal of the game, his anticipation on the no-look pass from Kovatar. And by the way, that was an awesome pass from Kopi. Uh, right into the center of the ice to to, to find him. No-look backhand pass, fantastic. But uh, Valori lets go a one-timer from the high slot, and uh, he recognized in the moment that he needed to get the shot off quickly, that that was the best uh, part of that play, that a quick shot um, was going to be the thing that was going to beat Marc-Andre Fleury. Not to hold on to it, see if he could get a little bit closer Maybe take some more time to pick a corner or a spot. No, it was as soon as he got it on his stick, let it go and get it on net as quickly as possible. That's what he did. And again, it went five hole on Marc-Andre Fleury right between his legs uh, for what would be the only goal and the game-winning goal uh, of this game. Uh, just again, love the confidence Velarde is playing with, love the skill he is showing, uh, making the right decisions. Uh, I've said it earlier. I don't think there's any question that he is the MVP of the team uh, so far this season. Um, I think Kevin Fiala has been good. He's shown, though, that he does have some flaws in his game, whether it's taking the occasional bad penalty. Um, but honestly, I can't remember one time this year where I said to myself, oh, come on, Velarde. I mean, I like because he's done something uh dumb or uh you know just taking a, a chance when he shouldn't or something like that he he hustles he's playing smart he's been versatile playing well anywhere he's been put in the lineup third line second line first line wherever you plug him in um he's getting the job done he's been good on the power play playing on the top power play unit and not at all bad defensively he's also um shown a little bit of physical play he's never obviously going to be out there you know just running guys but uh like battling behind the net um showing his strength winning puck battles um i don't know what you could say about gabe velarde that uh that hasn't you know you haven't seen on the ice he's just been he's been unbelievable and uh we're keeping our fingers crossed he stays healthy and we see this all year um and he has been a huge reason why the kings are are doing what they're doing so far on the season. Um, he could use a little more support uh, from some of the other guys on, on a night in and night out basis, but his consistency, you know, he had a little bit of a slump and then he scores his last two games. He scored game winning goals. Yeah. That's another thing, not just getting goals, but timely goals, important goals. Um, Gabe Velarde has been uh, un unbelievable for the Kings this year. And it's, it's been really fun to watch. Uh, and we'll see if the national media starts to take notice um, because he's in, a, he's in the scoring race right now. Now, consistently, can he keep it going? That remains to be seen. So far, so good. Like, like I talked with Eric Stevens, I don't think this is just a hot start to the season. I don't think this is a fluke. Kind of like, kind of like what we saw with Adrian Kempe last year and the way that he started to put his game together. You felt like it was legit. He didn't. It wasn't like there were a lot of lucky goals going in. He wasn't you know, just throwing it in off somebody's skate or something like that. You see the decision-making. You see the skill. He's putting it all together and having a tremendous season so far. 
And he's right now third in the NHL in goal scoring. He's only four behind Oilers superstar Connor McDavid for the league lead. So uh, just, again, great, great job by Gabe Velarde uh, getting that game winner last night and the way he's played so far this season. Um, hopefully, again, we see a lot more of that going forward uh, because it's been really, really fun to watch. So there is a negative to talk about, and we are going to talk about that in a second. But real quick, I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports today, available on the app, this app, uh, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have to talk about the Kings power play. Uh, I said going into the season that there was no way that it could be worse than it was last season. But it might be worse. Uh, not because I really think it doesn't look as good. I think at times the puck movement has been really good. It's shown flashes here and there. But I think it might be worse because we have better personnel on the power play this season. They've added Kevin Fiala. Gabe Velarde has emerged. Uh, we have a healthy Drew Doughty running the power play, the top power play unit. The second unit has Victor Arvidsson on it now because of the addition of Gabe Velarde. And yet, it is still not where it needs to be. And we certainly saw an example of that in last night's game. Uh, the Kings 0 for 4 on the power play, but the 5-minute major uh, where they couldn't score. And honestly, they barely had any decent shots on goal. Uh, on the 5-minute major, the Kings had, by my count, two shots on goal. They had no shots on goal in the first two minutes of that power play. They were 0 for 4 in faceoffs in the wild zone during the five-minute major. The only time the Kings had a real threat on that five-minute major was when they just put the puck on net and crashed the net and, and had kind of a scramble situation. But as far as like setting it up, puck movement, good shots, one-timers, just was not there at all, uh, really all game long on the power play. But specifically, uh, that five-minute major kind of really focused on uh, some issues that are going right now. Statistically. Kings were 27th in the NHL on power play percentage last season at 16.1. This season, they're 26th uh, at 18.5, so very slightly better. Um, but we mentioned it going into the season. One of the keys to the Kings' success this season, being a playoff team and probably more importantly, advancing in the playoffs, had to have better power play this year. So far, unfortunately, that has not been the case. There is still time to get it going, to try and figure it out. And a lot of times with the power play, there is a lot of confidence involved um, in how you're moving the puck and the things you're doing, the decisions you're making. But I talked about it going into this season. A bad power play can suck the life out of your team. And, and to the Kings' credit, they didn't let that five-minute major, you know, take away from the fact that there was still another period to go and there were still going to be other opportunities. Stay focused. Don't get too frustrated. Don't, don't worry about it. But you know, you can feel, feel it, feel it in the building when the Kings take a, uh, a, when the other team takes a penalty and the Kings go on the power play, that's supposed to be a time of excitement, right? You're supposed to get fired up and it, it it's almost like, Oh boy, here we go. Uh, is this going to kind of uh, change the momentum in a negative way because we just can't get anything going? And the Kings, we talked about the face-offs. That's a, and the Kings have been a good face-off team this year, but on the penalty kill, or excuse me, on the power play, uh, certainly, especially last night, it was bad. I mean, winning a face-off automatically sets you up to get things going and get it moving. 
when the other team wins the draw and clears the zone, you got to go all the way back, get the pocket, and then you've got to, you know, get the entry into the zone again. And it just really uh, puts you in a bad place to begin with when you lose so many faceoffs. Um, so that's the first place that needs to be better. Um, and, you know, I, I think, and again, I'm, I've never been an NHL coach. I'm never going to be one. But when it's not working, to me, it's always about getting back to basics, making it as simple as possible. Anytime you get a chance to shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Don't worry about making the extra pass and get people to the net. Get get somebody in front of the net for a screen, get players crashing the net for a rebound, but just put the damn puck on net. And then once you get some momentum and once you start to feel things going in the right direction, and, and I think especially once you start to get the other team to be concerned about your power play to where they play a little bit more defensive because Minnesota was really aggressive uh, with the Kings penalty kill. I mean, I give them credit. They blocked a lot of shots and that's a big part of having a good penalty kill. So I do have to give them some credit for that. But like I said, once you realize, I think after the first 10, uh, the first two minutes of that five minute major, it was like, all right, guys, screw, you know, moving it around from side to side. Let's get it to the point. Let's throw it on net and let's crash the net. And yes, you got to get it through with the block shots and things like that. But just the Kings might want to just go back to basics. I know that they've had not a lot of practice time lately, um, but they did have some practices before the game against Minnesota. I think that was part of the reason why we saw a good, solid defensive effort. I think that was probably something that Todd McClellan focused on in that practice time that they had. I think in the next practice that they have probably today, you got to spend some time focusing on the power play, talking about it, reviewing video, that type of thing, because uh, again, it's a really, really important part of what the Kings need going forward. Um, and uh, right now, it's it's not where it needs to be, obviously. Okay, a couple of more thoughts. Um, Eric Stevens brought this up on the show on Monday, and I asked him about Brant Clark, and he pointed something out that I think he may have been onto. Um, as you probably know, Brant Clark has played nine games in the NHL so far this season. Um, if he plays his 10th game, his entry-level contract kicks in, and he'll stay in the NHL for the rest of the season. The Kings have the option of sending him back to his junior team. But Eric Stevens said that it looks like the Kings are trying to stretch this out as long as they can by having him continue to stay on the team but not play, but practice with the team, thinking that um, in case there's an injury, they've got him in reserve to use, um, but that they feel like him practicing with the Kings against NHL competition and staying at the NHL level is probably better for his development than actually playing in games at the OHL level. And I think there's probably some validity to that too. He can at least learn what it's like to be a pro. He can work with the Kings assistant coaches. He can review video and, and train with the trainers and do all the things that you get at the NHL level that you don't get obviously at the junior level. So it seems like they're trying to stretch this out. Now, the one thing that might be a flaw in that kind of thinking is he hasn't played since the hit from Jamie Ben in the Dallas game. And apparently he did suffer some sort of serious dental issues. Um, I, I don't know the details on that, if it required any kind of surgery or anything like that, but that also could be part of the reason why he hasn't played since that they want him to kind of let, let him recover a little bit from that. Uh, and also, you know, let's be honest, um, Sean Walker has played pretty well. Um, and, and the Kings overall have played a pretty good team defensive game with Sean Walker in there. And maybe there's the whole combination of all of it is the reason why Todd McClellan has decided to not put Brent Clark in the lineup yet. 
Um, but it is very interesting to see uh, how that's going to play out going forward. Um, but so far, uh, we haven't seen Brand Clark for that 10th game. Is it going to happen here in the next couple of days? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I said he, he was taking the more, uh, not the morning skate, he was taking the pregame skate on the ice uh, in the game against Minnesota. Uh, I saw him out there in his uniform. I was like, oh, does this mean we're going to see him tonight? It didn't uh, mean we saw him. So, but we'll see. It's something to th- certainly keep an eye on. And it is uh, something to uh, to wonder about. Also, real quick, I didn't want to follow up on the Krill Kaprizov incident that gave the Kings that five-minute major that we've been talking about so much. Um, he ended up getting fined today by the NHL's Department of Player Safety, $5,000 for that cross-check to the kind of neck, chin area uh, of, of Drew Doughty. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I didn't think that was a five-minute major. Now, I get it. Um, the NHL is taken seriously and i think to commend them you know because i like i ripped the nhl and the department of player safety the other day because of the ridiculous two game suspension to matthew kachuk so i will say in this regard uh it does seem like they are taking dangerous plays a little bit more seriously was the krill kaprizov kind of cross check swing into the neck area of drew dowdy was it intentional absolutely he was frustrated that he had gotten in a puck battle behind the net with Drew. He lost the battle. He got kind of pushed down to the ice. It was a total frustration play on his part uh, and pretty uncharacteristic from him as well. Uh, and it was a huge moment in the game. Not only did they get the five-minute major, but you're taking the Wild's best player off the ice for the final period of the game. So that was huge. Um, but I, I don't know. Honestly, if I saw that same thing happen and I reverse it to where Drew Doughty was the guy who did that on Kirill Kaprizov, I would have been like, I don't think that's that's worthy of getting kicked out of the game. Now I'm a little bit old school. So, but I will say, I, I get it though. It, like I said, it was an intentional act. It wasn't an accident. And he did get into the head area, right? He got him in that like neck, chin kind of area with the, the cross check. So I guess they're erring on the side of anything intentional into the head area. They're going to punish it severely. And I get that. I'm not too upset with it but i was a little bit like ah, i don't know if that, that's major or not but then again like i said i'm i'm a little old school on that uh real quick i did want to um mention that i went to the game on tuesday as a fan um if you follow the twitter account you saw some of the the photos and the videos that i posted from where we were sitting uh it was la chargers night at the uh, at the king's game and we are my family if you will my wife and i are Char- Chargers season ticket holders my wife is a longtime diehard Chargers fan from back in the San Diego days and and with the move to L.A. Um, we enjoy going to the games. Uh, I'm not a, a Chargers fan, but I am a big football fan, and so I do go to the games, and I do root for the team as well. I want to see my wife be happy, and and I kind of like the team a little bit. I've got, got to know them. I've gotten to know a lot of the fans that sit around us and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, we always make it a point to go to the Chargers night at the Kings game. My wife is a Kings fan as well. And so we sat, we, we had a friend um, that gives us tickets, her season tickets. Um, we sat right above the entrance to where the Kings go out on the ice in the lower bowl. And, you know, usually I sit up in the press box and, you know, that's a very different vantage point. You do get to see all the things develop. You see everything going on, but, and I know it's sometimes expensive, but if you ever get a chance to watch an NHL game in person in the lower bowl, I highly recommend it. At least do it like once a season because you really get a perspective on how fast the game is and how much skill these players have. You kind of, sometimes you get a little bit detached from it when you're sitting up really high or if you're watching on TV, but when you see it in person, man, it just moves so fast and it just really reminds me of the skill it takes to play this game at a high level. And uh, 
it just my respect for these players uh, and the skill they have and, and the things they have to do, it just goes up another notch. So if you don't, if you've never had a chance to, to see that, especially if you go down on the glass, sometimes the glass is not the greatest vantage point, but obviously you're up close and personal and the sounds of the game and the things you hear and all that kind of stuff are cool. I do like to sit up high most of the time because I like to see everything. But like I said, once or twice a year, if you can do it, I highly recommend it. If you've never done it before, try and get a seat down in the lower bowl like once a season. And just, again, the the skill, the speed of the game, it is really amazing to see from that vantage point. So anyway, just wanted to kind of throw that out there. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to give you a preview of the Kings game against the Blackhawks coming up at home on Thursday. And uh, maybe some of your, e- your emails, throwing it out there. Um, I have not checked the uh, the inbox uh, yet today, but if you have any uh, questions, any emails uh, that you want to pass along, any comments you want to make, it doesn't have to just be questions that you're asking me. If you want to make a comment on anything going on with the Kings, any of the players, whatever you got, we'd love to get your feedback. The email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. We'll, if we get some emails, we'll, we'll answer them on tomorrow's show. Also, we are on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. If you follow that, hopefully you uh, enjoyed all the uh, the posts that I had from uh, being at the game yesterday. And uh, I do need to up, upload those videos and pictures to the Instagram account, which is at Locked on LA Kings as well. Hey, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today or your second listen. Check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. That is Locked On Sports today, available on this app and on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for watching this edition of Locked On LA Kings. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, we'll close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.